0: This This is is Football 401k, broadcasting on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now your hosts, Bo Repka and RJ Choppy. Welcome to Episode 8, the Ocho of the Football 401k. I am RJ Choppy of 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Catch me Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 10 on The Fan uh, with Sean Sharif and Troy Hughes. He is Bo Repka of the Football and Glory Hole. And collectively, we are the greatest football betting podcast there is because we do nothing but dominate and win. And that was evident over the last couple of weeks. Let's see. You know, week two for me, I was one and seven. And since then, straight dominance. Uh, nine and three last week, 12 and four the week before. We've been killing it on the podcast. We've been killing it. Uh, on your picks that you have on your website. Bo, let's recap what we had last week, 9-3, and and 20-13 for uh, you guys, the football glory hole 2-1 and right here on the podcast.
1: That's right, baby. We've been rolling, but good lesson in there for everybody watching. So you're going to go through ups and you're going to go through downs, right? If you're a good handicapper, as we are, you're going to come out ahead at the end. But very good lesson. Don't double up your units when you're up, right? And don't sink them back down when you're down. The heaven flow will work its way out. Just keep that consistency all year round and you'll come out ahead if you just listen to us. Promise you. Now, last week, nine and three choppy killed it. 2013 for us, like you said, two and one of the podcasts are only loss on the pre-picks of the podcast was UNC minus a seven. They were up 31-17 at the halftime, but third quarter got away from them, lost our margin. But it still took a touchdown for Miami with three minutes left in the game for us not to cover Miami to get that back door. It happens, right? It does happen. Mm-hmm. But we did tell you to take Baylor minus six. And In fact, Choppy, you can go back and watch the podcast. We said our model had Baylor between, scoring between 35 and 40, BYU between 20 and 25, final score 38-24. It really doesn't get much sharper than that right there, my friend.
0: No, it does not. That was a great pick, too, by the way. Love that pick.
1: And then we capped it off with telling you, hey, you know, the team hasn't won a game yet in the NFL and stinks real bad. Yeah, they're going to go win. And they did. That was Jacksonville, plus the three and a half. And, you know, it doesn't mean that we were fully right on the Jags locker room reports being blown out of proportion. But it does mean that we were probably more right than we were wrong about that, that the negativity wasn't quite yeah. as bad as the uh, narrative was put out there. And just remember, like we said last week, uh the media is always going to paint the negative with a heavier tone, right, than ever the anything positive or lighter side because bad news sells way more than everything is hunky-dory. Now, Choppy, I did want to get your thoughts on a couple things in that game. Number one, what are you, what are you seeing in – because I know you like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, what are you seeing in his progression? Because he he
0: he's been showing progression week after week. So what are you seeing when he's playing? I think it's quickness to throw. Uh, to me, decision making is based off of how long you hold the football. Uh, I don't really worry about how many interceptions you throw. Uh, are you on time with your throws? So when that receiver's making his break, are you on time? And, and I think Trevor's be getting getting a little bit more uh, on time with his throws. Also, another thing that shows about quarterback play is sacks. You know, how many sacks are you taking? Quarterbacks take sacks. I think that a lot of people just you know, chalk that up to he's got a bad offensive line. Well, quarterbacks are a large part of how good the offensive line is. Um, Phillip Rivers last year was the, Col- uh, the Colts quarterback, and now they switched to Carson Wentz. Well, do you think it's a, re- uh, a coincidence that they're now hemorrhaging sacks with largely the same group? Or is it Philip Rivers got rid of the football quicker because he's a borderline Hall of Famer, and Carson Wentz is a borderline backup? You know uh, that that's one thing why that's one of the reasons why I've always liked Jared Goff is because Jared Goff is on time as a thrower. He's a bad thrower, but he's on. He's he's, at least he's on time. (laughs) Bad. Uh, So you know I I think that there are certain things that guys just you know quarterbacks get better with over time. Uh, and that's one of them. So that's why I like Jacksonville. I know it's a long winded answer, but that's kind yeah. of why I like Jacksonville and like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. A couple of great points in there. And I think, Thank you. you know,
1: Brady uh, echoed your point when he what, was it on the Manning cast or something recently where he was talking about how the rules have really, you know, made quarterback play bad now because they don't have to worry about the receivers getting hit. They don't have to think about all those little nuances. He said, it's your fault when your receiver has negative play, it's your fault when you take a sack. Just exactly what you just said, and it's all the things, that the rules have changed. So he's That's what he said. He said it puts the onus on the defense, and it punishes the defense. Really, it should be punishing us because it's our fault an offense when we put ourselves in bad position. So a lot more goes into that position than we'll ever know. That's why they can't find 32 guys on the entire planet. They can do it at a even average level, right? Yeah. That's how hard. That job is. And speaking of hard and that job, what are your thoughts on Tua and how? And I know, you know, the Dallas Cowboys fan base always gets on the Cowboys of the over the TJ Watt over Taco thing. But what if we were sitting here and the Cowboys had drafted Tua over Justin Herbert? Like, what do you think that that fan base is feeling
0: right about now? Oh, my God. I could only imagine. <laughs> um, look, I think the jury's still out on Tua. I the agree. guy the guy was hurt in college. His last year he had a I mean a posterior wall fracture. Mm-hmm. That's his femur literally punched through his hip. That's what it did. It went through the hip and it cracked the hip. That's a devastating injury. And the fact that he's even in the NFL makes him a success story. Uh, so I think, the, I think the jury is still um, a little bit out on Tua. That doesn't mean that he's going to be a good player. He may not, but I'm not ready to write him off yet. And I, and I think that um, they're just going to have to deal with the fact that this guy's a beaten and a battered individual. He is a, uh, like he's a quarterback that gets beat up, and he doesn't really recover well from it very often. So they're going to have to deal with that, but I'm not ready to write him off yet.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, though, you're starting to see some correlation because we've had kind of an influx of the smaller quarterbacks, right? The Tua's, the Baker's, the Kyler Murray's. But I think what you're starting to see the correlation is the athletic versus the unathletic. So Baker's mostly unathletic, right? 4840 got guy. Tua's mostly unathletic. I mean, people – for some reason, he got a narrative in college that he was athletic. He's never been a good athlete ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're seeing now Baker out this week, right? Injured. Tua, oft-injured. Right. Cause they're smaller and unathletic, whereas Kyler Murray is hyper, hyper athletic and smaller, so that maybe he can get, you know, away with that a little bit more. Uh, Drew Brees, the only other example of a small guy unathletic that didn't, I mean, he never really got hurt. Actually, he did get hurt in San Diego, but, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. He's the one outlier in that group. But I think, I think if you're looking forward, that might be a strong correlation to consider. If you're small, you better be able to move a little bit because otherwise, this league's probably going to beat you up. Um, uh,
0: I mean, look, look at Lamar. Lamar's hyper-athletic. And yeah, but he's a pretty big dude. I mean, Lark, yeah, six
1: like
0: 6'2". Yeah, but I, I think a lot of people said, yo, know, you can't win that way. You can't win that way with, uh, with a running quarterback. They're going to get hurt, and, and they might get hurt. But I think they're going to get hurt because of, you know, they're out there all the time, not necessarily the size, if they're athletic. You're right. right. The unathletic guys seem to be getting punished.
1: Yeah, because when you're when you're small and you can't move, that's a bad combination, right? Yeah, very bad. I mean, especially in the NFL. All right, the other recap we wanted to do was uh, the bookkeepers in Vegas took an absolute bath this weekend shopping the NFL. This was a, it was a reported seven to ten million dollar loss in town. Uh, one head bookmaker was quoted as saying, "This is the type of day as a head bookmaker. I just want to go home and lock myself in a room with a full bottle of Knob Creek." Uh. So, not so coincidentally, uh, we also struggled in the NFL. We did have a great week overall, but in the NFL, we went three and four. Because when you're on the sharper side of things, when the house loses, you're going to lose, right? When the public has a great day, you're not going to have such a good day, right? But there's a reckoning and a bounce back coming for Joe Public. That I can promise you. But go over a couple of games that did crush Vegas. Uh, all of the popular favorites, first of all, covered. Green Bay covered in Chicago, right? Uh, And then you had the Chiefs go out and cover a seven-point spread on the road. When is the last time the Chiefs covered a spread, period, much less seven points and much less on the road? They never do that, and they went out, and Patrick Mahomes did not play well again, and yet somehow they covered a seven-point spread. That's how bad Washington played on Sunday. The Rams go on the road and cover a a nine-and-a-half-point spread. West Coast to East Coast on a noon kickoff. That spread gets covered around 40% of the time at that number, that time slot, in that situation. They went out, and it never even looked like they weren't going to cover the nine points. It it was never even close. They blew them right out of the water. And the Colts just cover 10 at home. Like, it's a walk in the park, too. Like, they're just some team that should be, you know, favored by 10 over air, which they shouldn't be. Yep. They just all covered. And then even the popular dogs, it wasn't even just the favorites, although the favorites did go eight and four ATS, which first of all, that's a recipe for disaster for the books in Vegas. But then even the most popular dog was Arizona, right? Forget about their head coach and their yeah. offensive coordinator being out. Ah, who needs that guy? Who need we, I mean, we've got, you know, an undefeated team, the Kyler Murray. We'll just go out there and beat the Browns, beat the socks off of them. They went on the road to do it. And the Browns, we all know, are a solid team. They absolutely got crushed at home. Right? And every person who just simply looked at the standings like, oh, this guy, these guys are undefeated. These guys lost a couple games. Ah, here's 100 bucks on the guys that haven't lost a game. Of course they're not going to lose a the game. They haven't <laughs> lost one yet. And guess what? They did it like they were Biff from Back to the Future, and they all cashed. They all cashed. Right? Wow. The Raiders were the only dogs this week that Vegas had money on, and we actually had them on one of our online contests, but we didn't feel good enough about making an official pick uh, because we didn't really know the uncertainty of the Gruden loss and, you know, the Sharps and the public were all on Denver. It's like all the money was on Denver, but we weren't on Denver. Uh, but, RJ, I did hear you and Sean talk about um, the new coach factor and how that factors in. Cause, so, could you, like, expand upon that or repeat it for
0: anybody sure. that wasn't like, listening? Sure. You know, now, I don't know that this was necessarily that. Because this is a good team. Right? The Raiders were a team that should have been 4-1 and one coming into this game. You know, they should have beat Chicago. They didn't beat Chicago because the team had quit on John Gruden. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, normally when you get a new coach factor in, it's because the team has quit, but they're also not very good. This was different. This was a extenuating circumstance. And they had obviously clearly, uh, if they hadn't quit, they were just not really paying attention to him on this week. So new coach comes in. And it's just like what happens. You know, you get a speeding ticket, you drive a little safer that first couple of uh, miles, and then you go back to being 90. The boss <laughs> yells at you. And you show up to work 30 minutes earlier than you usually do. It's just, you know, it, it's a new coach theory. And and Rich Rich Passaccia, uh, he's now the one in charge. If you were on John Gruden's good side, but Rich didn't really care for you because he thought you were lazy on special teams, How's that going to impact you? Now you got to show out again. So, you know, that the new coach theory, uh, I, again, I don't know if it, it was really in play here, but we like to think it was.
1: That's not a bad theory. And like I said, that was the only game that the house actually won some money on. Uh, but, Choppy, the biggest bloodbath of the day came on your Dallas Cowboys pick, who now they are 6-0 ATS on the season. And, sir, you have been riding with the boys ever since the season started, so. But that game was an epic loss for Vegas, and to quote one head bookmaker, to have Dallas win in cover and the game to go over 50-and-a-half, it took so much for that to happen. It's still kind of hard to believe it happened. It was just a disaster. New England would have saved us, and we thought they had the game won, Woo! end quote. Now, choppy, that game was a full eight-figure swing at Caesars alone. Eight figures. Had it. Lost it. Not to mention what it did to the rest of the town. Wow. Now, as a gambler, you never, ever, ever apologize for a win, no matter how you get it, because there is a bad beat waiting right around the corner to take all that joy right off your face, right? Yeah. But, Choppy, we said the cows, Cowboys were getting overvalued at four at the time we had the podcast last week. And then, you know, by the next day, they were down to plus three. So we were right on that, right? A lot of money was coming in on the Pats. The sharper money was coming in on the Pats. However, it settled at three and a half, and when it did that, the public was hammering the Cowboys. So basically it was pros versus Joes, and the Joes beat the pros and the books out of their money. Now, there's a hundred different things in that game that could have went the other way. Like most every NFL game, you can say that about You point to any little thing, right? But before Sean's boy, Cedric Wilson, made that amazing catch on fourth down, (laughs) the Cowboys winning percentage was down to 10% in the game. Yeah, But you know what? Wilson did make the catch. And then they did make the kick. And then they did hold on defense. And then Dak didn't settle for a field goal, right? He put it away with a bomb to CeeDee Lamb. And, again, once it got to overtime, Vegas had to feel really good, especially when the Pats win the coin toss. They get the stop. Best. I mean, either way, it's best case scenario, right? The Cowboys are just going to go down there, kick the field goal. I mean, McCarthy might kick it from sixty yards. Who knows what that going to do, right? He might. He might call a timeout on second and five. Say, hey, you know what? Why don't you kick a sixty-three yard right here? I think. I think Zerline's got it, but he didn't, right? And Dak. I guess that was probably in his mind too. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm throwing the I'm throwing the ball down the field to CD. Let's see what happens. They went and score the touchdown now. And. Even though the Sharper side lost, and obviously we lost, and we surely don't like losing. But sometimes nope. I feel like this is one of those situations where if, you're, if you've ever played third base, right, in blackjack, and you're sitting there, and you've got, you know, let's say 16, and the dealer's showing a three, but you know. You know they got that eight underneath there. You know they yeah.
0: do. Oh, you do. Yeah, So So you, you,
1: you take that bus card, you take the 10, Right, then they flip over to get the five, and then they get you know the ten. So then they bust out, the whole table wins. You're the one that loses, but sometimes you do that just so that you can celebrate together as a community that you beat the books, you beat the man, and you know everybody wins, and it just it lifts everybody's mood, right? Instead of being selfish, sometimes you just got to take the bust. Uh, it's kind of what you know we felt like on Sunday. Yeah, we took the bus, but what a great game. Uh, what a great finish. And you know what, sir? Kudos to you, sir. And kudos to the Cowboys. 6-0, ATS. So, Choppy, take a bow, my friend.
0: Man, thank you, thank you, thank you. have so many people I want to thank here. This is such <laughs> an amazing uh, streak. They are 6-0 and against the spread,
1: though. Uh, yes, and I, I've
0: thought from the beginning they were a little bit undervalued. And, uh, you know, I, I agreed with what you said this past week. They were tad overvalued. Uh, but that market corrected itself, and uh, and I, thought we, I think we got him at a good spot. Um, and, at
1: the, and at the end, I mean, it did. So when it went down to three, that was fair, right? So then that was probably where the number should be. And if you look at the game played out, everything being equal, Cowboys go kick a field goal, it's a push on both sides, right? So depending yeah. on where you got the number, you the one or you lost, whatever. But it would have finished exactly where Vegas expected it to finish, which is the point of setting lines in the first place. So I think you're spot on on that too.
0: All right, that is uh uh that is a uh, first a look back at last week. 9 and 3 uh for me on Twitter. 20 and 13 uh football glory hole, 2 and 1 on the podcast great week all around and then Vegas got hurt. Uh Vegas we you know, we like seeing that. We you know we like when the the little guy gets a win every now and then. So that is uh the recap. Now for the look ahead. Cowboys are off this week. But why are they 6-0 and oh against the spread? What's going on there? Plus quick hits around the NFC East. That's all coming up on the Football 401k. Welcome back to the Football 401k. I am RJ Choppy. He is a Bo Repka of the Football Glory Hole. It is the Football 401k podcast. And we got a little look ahead here because the Cowboys run a bye week this week, uh, which uh, means that they don't play breaking news. And then the next time they play is against my guy. uh, Well, look, my guy is Dak, but one of my guys. I got a lot of guys throughout the NFL. I love mediocre quarterbacks and then Dak Prescott. Like, that's what <laughs> I love. I love, I love my, my, my favorite quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, and any average quarterback. Guys who I think are better than the public does. See, I, I fade hype. I fade hype and I buy buy bottom stock. So I'm very high on Derek Carr, very high on Jared Goff. I'm very high on Kirk Cousins but only at noon. I don't like Kirk at night. Only at noon. That
1: is uh, rules to live by when it comes to the yeah. Kirk Cousins backing. It's funny because you said the mediocre thing, which I know that about you. Uh, it's one of the things I appreciate about you, really. And it's I was that, like, from,
0: a, from a gambling standpoint, it's just about value, right? Yeah. Like, I know Derek Carr is going to get undervalued, and I know Goff and, and Cousins are going to be valued very, very low. I think you can kind of steal some stuff here.
1: I mean, Teddy Two Gloves, your guy Teddy yeah. Two Gloves. He's, like, 22-3 and three ATS on the road all the time. Like, the dude is just a covering monster. Uh, yeah, I, and I, again, I knew that about you. I love that about you. But, yeah, Kirk Cousins at noon or nothing. So, the Cowboys will most likely, just looking at this game, be about two-and-a-half to three-point favorites in Minnesota. Both teams coming off overtime wins. Both teams probably covering the spread by overtime touchdowns instead of the field goals, right? If either team would have kicked the field goal, neither would have covered. Uh, they both beat average team in our power, average teams in our power rankings last week. Minnesota were two-point favorites in Carolina. Dallas closed to three three to three and a half point favorites in New England. Minnesota, we had ranked as an average team coming into the season, and they're with, they're within 15 one hundredths of a basis point of being just that. Uh, the Cowboys, we had at two points above an average team coming into the season, and they're within, within 15 one hundredths of a point. For me, in just that translation, we're pretty damn good at this. Uh, but other than that, Choppy, the question looking ahead to this game is let's say the spread does fall right between the two and a half to three, which I fully expect it to. What is your reaction to that? And, I mean, you're the Cowboy Whisper, right? You're the Cowboy Whisper. So how long can the Cowboys keep the spread, the streak going?
0: I, I uh, You think it's going to be a three, two and a half to
1: three? I, I really think so. And this game is a Sunday night football game. FYI. Which I Kirk think it is never like wins.
0: Never wins. Um I, I would look, I would probably chicken out and just pass on the game. Mm. Which which I don't I mean, that's not really chicken it out. That's kind of what we're supposed to do, right? We're only just to bet things yeah. we think we're gonna win. Um I, I don't really have a good feel that I, I did this today on the show. The Cowboys have four games this year. The rest of the way, where the other quarterback could could I could see it out. I could see the other quarterback outplaying Dak and winning. I could see it with Kansas City. I could see it with Arizona. I could see it with Vegas, and I could see it with this game. I could see Kirk Cousins outplaying Dak. That wouldn't stun me. It would surprise me if Jalen Hurts outplayed him, or Taylor Heineke, or Daniel Jones. But it wouldn't surprise me if Kirk Cousins outplayed Dak Prescott. Kirk's a good quarterback. He's a Pro Bowl guy. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me. I would probably stay away. I I think the number would have to get below two for me to take the Cowboys. It would have to shrink to one and a half.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think
0: think that's fair. Um, I
1: definitely wouldn't have any interest playing um, either side at that number either. So I, I think, and that, again, that's, Our power rankings plus I'm trying to factor in market factors too. So it's always a little bit of a guessing game for us, but I think it, I think it's fair to say it's going to fall right in there. It's not a lot of value. You said, and remember for everybody out there, the advantage you have as the player that you'll always have is you don't have to bet anything. You don't want to bet.
0: That's right. You get to pick, you can cherry pick them all you want. Um, I I think the total might be a better bet. If you were going to go with the Cowboys. Um, whatever. I, I think it's going to be high fifties. It was 50
1: and a half. It was 50 and a half in New England.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking this is like 55. Uh, yeah. I, mean, they, I, can, I can see Jefferson 50. Thielen, cook Kirk.
1: Yeah. I think, I think probably 53 around that open and then see what the market does with it. So if and, you and, like it at 55, it opens 53. Then it sounds like you got a
0: bet. And I, honestly, I, uh, if it, uh, there, there is a point where I would take the under because, you know, the Cowboys offense is not nearly as good on the road as it is at home. Right. You know, I don't count the L.A. game because that was, that was like a half 50-50 crowd. Tampa, their offense was really, really good, but they, had, they, I mean, it was, they only had 20 points midway through the fourth quarter. They did a furious comeback. Right. Uh, and against the Patriots – you know they were really good between the twenties, but they didn't score. They didn't. You know they, they did set up for some field goals. They had to go to overtime. You know I I might be tempted so to I, the other. It gets like about fifty six.
1: I don't know. I don't know. It's probably a pretty good breakover. Uh, if I heard I heard you and Sean talking about that on the red zone offense thing and the Cowboys, which we don't get into that a lot this early in the season because it's still. I mean. Yes, we're about a third, but that's still really premature. I mean, the red zone offense is the thing that really takes the longest, I think, for teams to come together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you saw it in Tampa Bay last year. That was one of the things that people didn't really talk about is they lost some games earlier year. They had to settle for a lot of field goals later in the year when they really started clicking in the the red zone and putting up sevens instead of threes, and that defense came together, right? It was kind of a combination of everything. That's when you really saw them take off and start to just, you know – wax people really all, all the way to the Super Bowl. So I think that's a great point, though. Um, looking up, moving on past the Cowboys, right? So they're off. So we'll see what that happens. Two and a half, three points. 53-54 total. I think maybe somewhere around in there. Uh, moving on to Washington. So Washington is at Green Bay. We'll look around the NFC East. Washington's at Green Bay plus nine and a half. Now Washington choppy is one and five ATS. Green Bay is five and one ATS. But Quick little nuggets on these games. Here's the rub on this one. Green Bay has a negative negative cumulative ATS margin, which means, yes, they have covered, but on aggregate, they are underperforming their marketplace. Washington, obviously, at one and five, is going to have a negative ATS margin, but it's only four points worse than Green Bay. In other words, the Washington football team has only been four points worse than Green Bay on the entire season, according to Vegas' expectations. This game is a lot closer than what people are thinking, and Washington's closest games this season have been against the Chargers, Johnson, Atlanta. They won two of those straight up. What are those three teams have in common? Green Bay, LA's 32nd in rushing DVOA defense, John's 27th, Atlanta's 24th, Green Bay's 30th, Choppy. So I'm not expecting – saying we're expecting an upset here,
0: but I am saying this number's too high. Too high. Okay, too high for the football team, huh? All right. Uh, what else do we have? They're all dogs in the NFC East this week. Oh, huge shocker that these terrible teams yeah. are all dogs. <laughs> yeah. And it's, this is a, such a great division for the Cowboys to be in, man. Such a great division.
1: I mean, they're not, again, just like if you get lucky and win a bet, you're not going to apologize for it, right? Tom Brady's not apologizing for all his years in the AFC East. I promise you, he's not nope. doing that. So there's no reason for the Cowboys to apologize either. It's not their fault that these three teams fell apart at the same time. But – The Giants plus three at home versus Carolina. Now, after last week's performance, I don't see how anybody has any confidence betting either one of these teams. And not so coincidentally, this game is a zero uh, delta in our power ratings. And Vegas did that on purpose because, quite frankly, they don't have any confidence in either one of these teams. And they surely just want 50-50 money on this game because they really don't, especially after the beating they took last week. They don't want any info or anything getting out on either one of these sides or anything that they miss. So they are going to set this right down the middle, and that is exactly what they did with this team. Now, Daniel Jones does stink at home. And, I mean, he stinks like, you know, worse than rotten eggs, like that bubble gut stink where – you know, maybe you'd, you're sitting in your car and you're, you're gonna get out and go to the store, but you let one go, fire one into the seat right just before you jump out, and you come back, and then you can't even believe that you even did that when you got back in the car. Like, how is that even possible that I made something that smell that bad? Right? One of those <laughs> kind of stinks.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like that's how bad that guy stinks. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but one thing I can't can't get over last week and. I haven't heard really anybody talk about it. I can't believe that Joe Judge, your favorite, is not taking more heat for playing Daniel Jones in that game. I mean, Daniel Jones, we all make fun of him, right? We call him Dumbface Jr. And talk a bunch of trash and say how terrible he is. But, you know, that's all jokes and trash talk or whatever. And he's not great. But he hasn't been bad this season. He's been about average. But in that game, he threw three interceptions and had a fumble. He only threw one interception all season. He clearly was not ready to play. He clearly was not ready to be put in that position. And, you know, I don't care who, who, who plays for what team, whatever, whatever your rivalry is. At some point, if you love football, you have to kind of get upset about them putting that kid in that situation to go out there when he was clearly still dealing with, you know, whatever symptoms from a concussion or whatever. I don't care if he passed or they said he passed or whatever. He was not ready to play. You know they had to see that in mm-hmm. practice. You know he probably didn't look right. They ran him out there anyway, and at some point, man, there's got to be some accountability for Joe Judge and his entire staff because that was not the right thing to do to that young man.
0: No, well, Joe Judge is a dope. He really is. He's such a dope. That whole organization uh, is a disaster from Dave Gettleman on down. I mean, they got owners (laughs) knocking over trash cans. That's not environmentally sound. (laughs) (laughs) That's not environmentally sound at all.
1: Yeah. Especially uh, that city with that many people, in it? Jeez. Yeah, oh, I no know. room for the trash.
0: There's no room. There's no room. Okay, so football team getting too many points. Uh, Giants are just d- bad in general, and 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 Philadelphia is another team that is. Well, they're a disaster, man. They really are. Really, yeah. they that's
1: another game that's split on our algorithms. Um, the the preseason uh, sweat on that was minus three. It's uh, three and a half. It's minus three. It's barely changed, um, which means that. The expectations were pretty low for uh, Philly coming into the season from Vegas. They're still there. I don't see any value in this one at all. I am interested to see if the new coach theory, right? Have they driven enough miles to start speeding up a little bit again? Right. Mm -hmm. Is that going to go back down? That's what I'm interested in seeing this game and going forward. So that's what I'll be watching for on that
0: one. All right. So there's our uh, NFC East quick hits. All those teams are dogs. Cowboys are off. I mean, the Cowboys are going to win just by being off this week. I mean, they really are, and they're and I saw their playoff chances like ninety five percent just to win the division. It's just this thing is over. It's church. It's cooked. Goodbye. Yep. See you later. Now, there's one downside. All three NFC East teams are probably picking in the top ten, and if the if the season were have ended today, or if they ended it last uh, last week before this Sunday's game. The Eagles would have three of the top eight picks. Yeah, because they've got Miami's pick, and they have they have Houston's. Oh, Indies. They have Indies. Indies. They have Miami and Indy. So that could be uh, that could be ugly. Woo! It could be. But we got some news on that
1: uh, Miami front. Some good news on Miami front for uh, Cowboys fans coming up in just yeah. a
0: second. All right. Very good. Okay, let's do it. Next up. We'll give some free picks away. We've been red hot, red hot on fire. Free picks coming up next. Football 401k. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com slash Cowboys. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the
1: pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites, for just ten bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com/cowboys and use the code word Team JB. That's getjackblack.com/cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, ten bucks, free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone but the best deals are only for new customers so to get a new customer deal i changed my name to
0: Jackie flash okay but the best smartphone deals at at&t are for everyone new and existing customers that's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to Football 401k. Welcome back to the Football 401k. I'm RJ Choppy. He is Bo Repka. And let's give away some free picks. Two games at college, one of the pro, plus a dominant wicked high payoff pizza money parlay coming up for you but i was stunned when you threw this number out at me iowa state minus 7 against oklahoma state this is a this is a top 10 team in oklahoma state on the road getting 7 points do tell man doesn't doesn't sound right does it so
1: choppy October is my favorite month of the year for so many reasons. As a sports fan, it's the only time you get NFL, NCAA football, NHL, NBA, and the World Series all in the same month. And on top of that, if you love beer, which I do, you get Oktoberfest, which gives the ladies an excuse to wear some leader and some low-cut shirts. And for us beer lovers to drink excessive amounts of beer, eat way too much bead, and enjoy the lovely ladies in Lederhosen and their low-cut shirts. But more than all of that, goodness. I love October because it's also known as Brocktober, baby. Mm. It's that magical time every year where Brock Purdy goes from an average at best college quarterback to the unbelievable money-making superstar that we all know that he can be. So, Brock, a couple numbers, goes from 64.7% completion in every other month of his career to 67%. His yards per game go from 251 to 290. His touchdowns, 19 touchdowns in the month of October – nine touchdowns in all the rest of the months. and his record, chop—he goes from nine and eight, barely above average, to eight and one elite. And if you think this is some sort of scheduling clerk, he has not faced Kansas one time in October. So not one gimme game. Not one gimme game in all of October in his career. And Brocktober is going to roll on into Ames on Saturday. And even though the AP has the pokes, like you said, ranked number eight, Vegas obviously isn't buying it. And for good reason, Iowa State has the 15th-ranked EPA offense in the country, while Oklahoma State has the 73rd. Now, they're both 25 EPA in defense, so that's going to provide both offenses some trouble. However, this line should be around 11. We're getting it at seven. And, Shopley, we already won money on Iowa State earlier in the year when Nevada came calling. So, get ready for some more Cyclone
0: cash on Saturday, baby. Wow, I am stunned, perplexed, vexed even. I can't believe (laughs) – because Iowa State was a good team coming into the year. like they were the, they were the hot team, right? I I am uh I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised by this, but you know, believe in the system. Believe in the system. Uh this next game. Man, I don't know. <laughs> uh it's you have Tennessee plus 25 and a half against Bama. Now, this is a big line. It really is mm-hmm. a big line. You know, it's more it, than three touchdowns huge. for Bama. Tennessee can score. They do have offense. This is not your normal Tennessee team that is just dog-butt awful at offense. Like, this is a decent offense. But, man.
1: Yeah, it is. I don't
0: know. Oh, no. I know.
1: Man. I know your, fa- your, fa- your Vols fandom just, like, really just makes you curl up to a ball, and you just don't want to do it, right? You don't want. Oh, fight. we, like we t-
0: invented the fetal position. We invented, you know, what we invented this, this motion that happens at every stadium in the world where, where the fan puts both hands on their head in a stunned shock. It's called surrender Cobra. That was invented by Tennessee fans because somewhere over the last 25 years, we're, well, 20 years where we have just been, yeah, we have done this like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening because if you can't believe it's happening, what is the number one school that you point to? You say, oh, it must've been them. If you yeah. hear, I can't believe it happened where at this school, it has to be us.
1: It's a fair point, And I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to take away, you know, your 20 years of disappointment and fandom and ups and downs and all of your, uh, what it was surrender Cobra. That was the Surrender position. Cobra.
0: Oh, you got, see, so you got the hands, the arms make it look <laughs> like a Cobra fan. Yeah. I like that. I like
1: that a lot. Now, there's a reason why this line is this big. Saban is 14-0 versus Balls. Since he's been at Bama, never, never lost, right? Never like, lost. Uh, Mr. Ball, never lost. He's 5-1 uh, and one ATS in the last six in the spread. Complete dominance. But not Saturday, baby. First of all, the people in Tennessee, good people. I mean, everybody's upset in town. They've had no mustard to put on their ham sandwich all week long. They threw it all on the – they left it all on the field, right? That's, that's called leaving yeah. it all on the field. When you leave your year. mustard on the field – that's it. That man, you it. Can't,
0: there's not even, there's not a driving range. It's open right now. All the range balls are, are in Lane <laughs> Kiffin's pocket. He took them all home with him.
1: Oh man. Uh, <laughs> so Alabama has lost two games against the spread this year at FBS. So this is where they are vulnerable. The reason they, they've lost to Florida and the other one was the Aggies. What do those two teams have in common? They run the ball very well. Florida's 17th in EPA rushing offense. Aggies are 36th. Tennessee's 12th, Shopee. They run the ball better than both of them. And Bama struggles to stop the run, which is a new development in Alabama. But it's happening this year, and it's happening consistently. They're 42nd in the country, EPA defense versus the run. And unlike in years past when people have tried to play keep away from Alabama, tried to run the ball, tried to keep that explosive offense on the field, they don't Alabama doesn't have the explosive offense this year to kind of suck up that margin that the other team tries to create by time of possession. They're 19th in EPA passing in the country, which is way down from previous years. Now, Ole Miss does have the 8th EPA rushing offense, but the reason they were not able to cover that game and Tennessee will be able to is Ole Miss is 117th EPA in defense and then the balls aren't great. They're 67th. A quick math tells me that's 50% better than Ole Miss. So couple that difference with the fact that Vols will have the dominant running game, be able to keep the ball and score the ball, most importantly. That should be enough to get this cover. I'm not going to call an upset win. Or I'm not going to lose my mind. But Tennessee is going to win us some more money as they've been doing all year long. So Rocky Top, baby.
0: Man, I love hearing that. Go Vols. <laughs> <Woo-wee>. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I love it. I, You know what? I, 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 it would make up for so much. I, I'm going to the Georgia game in a couple of weeks in Knoxville. Uh, I don't know how sweet it's going to be. Uh, (laughs) you know, I'm just hoping (laughs) we score. Uh, if if they beat Bama, if they even, if they come within 10 of Bama this week, I, all is, all is forgiven. All is forgiven. Okay. NFL Miami plus two and a half against Atlanta. Really?
1: Yeah. So choppy. You know, Sharps, we bet nasty games in the NFL, and it doesn't get any nastier than betting on a team that's 1-5 and, and a home dog to a team that's 2-3. and three. And not only that, we just told you last week, Miami's one of the worst three teams in the NFL. We told you the Jaguars are going to beat them, and they did. Well, that gives us all, co- all the confidence in the world that our numbers are right on Miami, and we're going to be right here again because as bad as they are, they should not be catching two and a half points at home to the lowly Falcons. Now, Atlanta is one point better in our power rankings, So, given the two at home, that means Miami actually should be favored by one point. So, in fact, the preseason line had Miami uh, minus three and a half. Now, Miami has been downgraded five full points in our prior year. They're they're our biggest miss, biggest whiff preseason. We thought they are going to be way better than they have been. Uh, Atlanta is two and a half points worse. So, if that spread was three and a half on those expectations, Atlanta's now caught three points. Which means it should be Miami minus half a point. So either one point value now, half a point based on preseason. Either way, you're getting two to two and a half points of value here. And Flores, quite frankly, is I still believe he's too good of a coach to continue to lose football games at this clip. And Tua back home with a full week of you know practice and rest, which is that's one of the big factors we gave on Jacksonville last week. He'll be more prepared. He'll be ready to take advantage of the 30th-ranked DVOA defense of the Falcons. So awesome. I think Dolphins cover. I think Dolphins win this game. This is a game they absolutely have to have, and Flores is going to have his guys ready to go.
0: All right, very good. Uh, you know, if you're going just based on quarterbacks, Atlanta would have the advantage, but, I mean, that's about probably all the only advantage they have on a tight end. Uh, you know, that's still not a bad roster in Miami. It really isn't. I guess
1: I he's a pretty good player. I mean, I know everybody's been fawning over pits, but yeah, he's pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. He is. He is. Uh, okay. Pizza money parlay three teamer that pays 72 and a half to one 10 bucks, win just seven twenty-five.
1: I mean, we're going to swing for the fences here. We're going to take uh, LSU plus two ninety on the money line, uh, Florida international plus 500 on the money line and Georgia tech. Plus 215 on the money line. Now, I really think LSU and Georgia Tech are highly likely plays, as, as highly likely as you're going to get on something that Vegas is telling you only have a 30% chance of it happening. Florida International, on the other hand, the reason why I like this and the reason why it made it in, I mean, we're taking Florida International on the points on our picks. We've already sent it out to our clients. But the reason why this one made it in on the money line is because they're playing Western Kentucky, and Western Kentucky throws the ball. That's what they do. And it's supposed to be a Florida monsoon basically down there on the game, which means it should slow down the track, slow down the offense. The Florida National is a running team. So that should at least make Florida National a live dog, even though they're catching plus 15. At 72.5-1, this value is too good to turn down. That is ten times at least your normal value on a three-team parlay. 10 bucks wins you $725.
0: Wow. That is a live dog action when you've got uh, a, a really good running team against a passing team and and the weather is just uh, atrocious. So interesting. I like it. I like it, Bo. Okay. Here's a recap Iowa State minus seven against Oklahoma State, uh, Tennessee plus 25 and a half against Alabama, and Miami plus two and a half against the Atlanta Falcons uh, in the National Football League. Pizza Money Parlay, LSU plus 290. Florida International plus plus five hundo, And Georgia Tech plus 215. Bo, where can we find you uh, on social medias? You can find us on Twitter at FGHVegas. You can find us at
1: thefootballgloryhole.com. You can find our podcast, the Football Glory Hole podcast, anywhere. And I mean anywhere you find podcasts. And this Friday, you can find us at... Uh, the Chop House Live in Keller. We're going to be doing our hundredth podcast live, and where it is, there might be a special guest appearance from one uh, Ralph James Lord.
0: Ralph Lord James Chappie. Okay, <laughs> very good. Uh, I'm RJ Choppy. You can catch me uh, Monday through Friday, uh, five thirty to ten uh, 105 through the Fan with Sean and RJ, uh, and Troy Hughes as well. Uh, that is, uh, and also on Twitter at RJ choppy for Bo I'm RJ talk to you next week let's win some cash on the football 401k